This is Ableton Cast, the only place. Okay, maybe not the only place, but a place that you can come listen to us talk all about Ableton. So sit back, put your seatbelt on. Bruce Wayne, that's right, Batman, has just shown up and he's driving. Here we go. Episode two, here we go. Oh man, we are blowing through nap time and today's guest is Henry Marsden. I'm really grateful to Henry for taking some time out of his busy schedule to chat all about Ableton. Henry has played with a lot of big artists and he's a guy who really knows about using Ableton in the live situation. He's had it go right many times and he's had it go wrong a few times. Hope you enjoy this episode as Henry and I, we chat all about Ableton, even a bit about Lady Gaga, Elton John, but we'll save that. No spoiler alerts yet. So before we go too much further, I just want to say thank you to one of our sponsors, Obit Sound. These guys do high quality vocal samples, high quality guitar samples, and now high quality analog samples. Check them out, obitsound.com, A-U-B-I-T sound.com. Wicked guys. Also, I want to say thank you and a big welcome to a new sponsor for our podcast, which is Flightcast. I'm going to play an ad a bit later, but I just wanted to say right off the bat, thanks so much. We are glad to have you on board. Okay, that's the business side. Sorry, but somebody's got to pay for my Land Rover, and it surely can't be me. Just a reminder again, for anyone who is interested in creating some background music for my podcast, feel free to email me. It is abletoncast at gmail.com. It's abletoncast, C-A-S-T, at gmail.com. I don't think you're stupid. I just repeat cast because I think it always kind of sounds like there's an S on the end of it. But it's just cast, C-A-S-T. All right, enjoy. All right, well, this is episode number two of Ableton Cast. Today, I have a special guest, Mr. Henry Marsden. This is my own introduction to Henry. Henry is a man who wears many hats. He's very super talented. He's a professional bass player. He runs his own record label. In my mind, he is like a rocket scientist. He's like goodwill hunting. He just spits out crazy equations in his sleep, and he's just brilliant. And to top it off, he's a really nice guy. So, Henry, welcome to the podcast. Oh, you're very kind. So, Henry, thanks so much for your time. And, and as I was saying before, you know, I've just started this podcast and really just getting to um, talk to other Ableton users, I find it's really helpful for me, and I think it will be helpful for anyone else who's listening. So I'll just start out with a few questions, and we'll go from there. Brilliant. Yeah, cool. How or why did you get started with Ableton? So I've been session, a session bass player for a while, um, but just playing bass and a bit of bass synth. Um, and then a couple of the groups I was playing for were beginning to run backing tracks, but using a different kind of variety of things. Like one band had a hard disk recorder, which seems pretty old school now. Yeah. Um, uh, one band were doing them off Logic, like using the proper Logic sessions and just kind of muting vocals and stuff. And then with one guy, um, the drummer was running Ableton. And I thought yeah. that was quite interesting. And then for the band that were using Logic, 
they asked me to be a musical director and the tracks had always been kind of going wrong or going out of sync or just hadn't really worked and it took a long time in between songs to fire up the next session so i chatted to the drummer who ran ableton um about how he did it and what ableton looks like um and then just went from there actually i was able to get a, a free copy from ableton themselves on an endorsement um and then just spent like a week quizzing this drummer about how he ran it um the way he dropped stems in how he triggered stuff how he stopped stuff and then i just built a backing track rig on my laptop with my ableton to for this other gig and kind of took it from there oh yeah wicked so i i've used ableton in the live situation a fair bit as well and one thing i'm always curious to talk to others about is um have you ever had something go wrong was there ever a time when it didn't work quite the way you hoped it would um yeah definitely to be honest most there's only one time where something wrong happened where i still haven't quite worked out what the problem was yeah we were doing a live recording um and every now and again when you launched a song uh the third bar would just not play and then it would kind of drop a bar or a bar and a half later and we ended up playing around with the sample rate and everything just could never work it out i think it's probably something to do with the guy's um laptop who's running it but every other gig it has been so solid and the, the um problems always come in user error yeah so i found that the errors have got less and less and problems of arisen less and less the more i know about it so sometimes especially on like a two-week tour and especially if there's not been much rehearsal time the template i use has been a bit maybe not kind of secure or not stable yeah sure Uh, stuff i've done and only when you kind of run the full set top to bottom in a gig situation something cropped up where like suddenly skips a section or one of the channels jumps down a clip whereas the others don't and it's because oh i didn't you know put that one to follow on for the right number of bars or whatever. But it's normally always my my fault. Yeah, yeah, sure. I remember one time I was we were we had done a sound check and I was just going this was when I sort of first started out with Ableton and I was just uh, coming out of the headphone jack. We were just doing it sort of old school left and right. So we had click on the left, tracks on the right. And oh, then our friend Johnny Bird, who uh, Henry knows as well uh, Johnny showed up and he had this interface. He said, oh, no, definitely got to use the interface. The, the quality will be so much better. So this is like right before kind of like gig time, if you want to call it that. Um, and anyway, so we plug in the interface, go for it. And all of a sudden, it was just something with something happened with the sample rate. And it just threw everything completely off. So everything was like a different tempo. And everything was just it was just technical gremlins were just loving it oh. and it was just chaos i feel like sample is the, is the nemesis of the ableton user yeah and i mean hadn't downloaded drivers either so i was all quite new to it and obviously now i wouldn't i wouldn't dream of you know doing that same thing again i would definitely go in more prepared than i was at that time but yeah. basically it was we had a couple songs that were quite track heavy that we just sort of had to grin and bear it and just get through them my rule nowadays is um, never change something and then try it live in the gig. Yeah. Like always run. And also not just try, say, that um, scene, try the whole session top to bottom because often something crops up in another kind of section that's affected by the, the one setting you changed. Like I remember on another tour, I was playing around with the global 
um, quantization, like how yeah. many bars you leave before a clip starts. And that just set the whole session off. That can be a I bit thought, chaotic as well, yeah. I thought I'd kind of caught everything, but there was a few bits I'd missed. And then in the gig, um, a couple of bits didn't launch all in sync. So that was another fun disaster. We had to stop and start again. Yeah, I've kind of learned now that usually, like if I have a backup plan in place, then it's okay. And if that backup plan is just like tracks bounced out left and right onto an iPod or yeah. something else, that as long as it's there, I usually never have to use it. But it's when there isn't a backup in place, then that's when something could possibly go wrong. Yeah, totally. That's a bit like how I run my keys rig. So I've now, um, since getting into Ableton, I've swapped all my keys stuff from main stage onto Ableton. Yeah. Um, I still always have a hard keyboard with like a piano, a Rhodes, a pad, something like that on, so that if the laptop dies or gets kicked over or crashes or anything like that, I know I've still got some sound coming out somewhere. Since you've mentioned your kind of Ableton rig, and it, do you want to just mention what your keys rig consists of? Are you using like a lot of stock Ableton instruments or are you using third-party stuff? Um, so I do almost all third-party stuff. In fact, all third-party stuff um, yeah. in terms of like sound um, creation. So I use a lot of Omnisphere. Um, I've got a really nice Juno plugin. Yeah. Are you using Omnisphere for kind of pads or what are you using Omnisphere for? Um, a bit of everything. Pads, um, there's some nice string stuff in there. Yeah. Some nice arpeggios. Some of that kind of uh, like pulsing, like trancey kind of stuff. Yeah. I also use the like a lot of the native instrument stuff, like the kind of like got complete. So there's a lot of the nice strings in there as well. Yeah, um, I just really got complete uh, yesterday. So, oh, really? Yeah, Sarah, my wife, for my birthday, she got me a version, which was really, really kind of her. What a, uh, what a amazing yeah. wife! Yeah, she's going to regret it when you spend like hours and hours digging in <laughs> there. <laughs> Yeah. So, what what is the road sound that you go to? Is that is that like a Scarby or uh, which roads are you using for your keys? Yeah, yeah, I tend to use the, the, the Scarby one. Yeah, I love the, the um, uh, is it the two hundred A the Wurlitzer? Yeah. Okay. I love those, and actually, the the keyboard I normally spec and the keyboard I have is a Nord, and okay. they've got a nice Wurly sound. I just found it's got a bit more to it than. A proper proper roads and it's a bit kind of can be mellower if you yeah. put a nice bit of drive on it it can then really cut through whereas i find real roads is a bit too bell-like but too chimey yeah sure um for my taste but yeah are you using any sort of piano sounds are you using a piano plug-in yeah i tend to use um alicia's keys yeah or, or Another giant one. yeah yeah I'm, I'm a, i do love native instruments i've just got um una corda yes it's been one uh, that I've had my eye on for a while, especially since um, we just did that Bright City album. So Henry and I were, were part of this group in Brighton called Bright City, and we just did a record where that was used on a number of tracks, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's actually why I heard about it as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, really super, super cool. I was just watching a YouTube video on that the other day on my lunch break, and yeah. <laughs> Just just amazing stuff. Like super beautiful, super mellow, really vibey pianos, which yeah. is really, really nice. Because a lot of pianos can be quite, feel very standard, even yeah. if they're kind of quality. It's nice to have something with a bit more to it, a bit more emotion. 
it sort of without sounding too cheesy it really hits you in the heart i think a lot of the yeah. just some really great presets on it yeah totally so i tend, tend to use third parties for making the sounds and then um i set it up so i have like uh maybe eight channels in my rig yeah. um one is like the pad channel one's maybe like a kind of alternative or a bigger pad channel um, a piano channel and one I call like texture, so like strings, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not uh, one for like any B parts. If it's like a kind of little synth line that's not the lead line, or like a little Glock part in a verse or something like that, that'll go on that one. Um, a pulsing channel, um, and then a lead channel and an arpeggio channel. Yeah. And can you just quickly talk about your sort of pulsing channel, arpeggiator channel, and just how you're how you're kind of locking those up to the grid because those can be kind of tricky to do live if um you don't have things set right to make sure that yeah so i am it it varies depending on who i'm playing with so if i'm running the clicks out of my ableton session then it's super easy because obviously everything's already locked in yeah simple wise yeah yeah exactly whereas it gets a bit more tricky if um someone else's laptop is running the clicks or if they have any backing tracks as well um so then i'll try i'll take a midi cable out from their laptop into mine to sync up my ableton with theirs yeah and then just make sure everything's like bang on the money um so my my pulsing channel is just um same thing lots of omnisphere um kind of plug-in pulsing pads that kind of thing yeah but my art channel is then um midi like midi notes mapping out a specific art yeah yeah okay that makes Um, sense so it was like a kind of like click that I'll launch that will just play by itself without me having to play it. Yeah. So I find trying to play the arps well live just by playing like a chord or something, it just often doesn't end up sounding quite as good as the record. Yeah. One thing I, I realized a little while ago was just after watching like a YouTube video, which it took me a while to figure this out, was in Ableton, if you select like their arpeggiator and then hit, there's a little sync button that you can hit. Then when you hit that, I believe, then when you hit a note, it will then automatically line up with the grid if you're the one who's lining, if you're the one who's firing off tracks. So that was quite handy to realize that, and that I had not known for quite a while. <laughs> when I realized that, I was like, oh man, this is so much easier than I thought it was. <laughs> so oh, that, that sounds really good. yeah that was just under like under the uh midi effects in ableton if you just pull up their arpeggiator and put that on whatever you want then hit the sync tab then it should lock in when you hit a note even if you hit it a bit early or late it will just try and lock down to the grid oh brilliant oh that's good that's the other challenge is if you're playing um time sensitive stuff in a live setting and it was all dependent on your touch and feel but yeah. your laptop isn't running the master clock, then it's tricky. Because even if you're just a bit out, then the whole thing will feel really sluggish or, or you'll be kind of racing ahead, even if the tempos are the same. Yeah, yeah, you start to feel that real sort of push and pull in your ears with the click, and it's not a nice feeling, is it? Yeah, totally. Makes you feel a bit <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. The other thing I do is quite cool. Um, I got this trick from the guy who... So I, one of the gigs I did last year... Um, was filling in keys for Jesus Culture. Um, yeah, right. Which you is, are just massive. Anyone who uh, maybe doesn't know about the Christian industry, uh, Jesus Culture out of 
out of California. Is it Redding, California? Um, actually, Sacramento now. They were in Redding. They just moved. Right. So they're a worship movement um, who are, are quite massive in the Christian industry. Um, their keys player runs all their tracks, and he's an absolute Ableton wizard. In fact, he has I think he has a website where he teaches Ableton classes. Yeah, I think it's that Ian McIntosh then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's really good. So he, he sent me the Ableton session that he uses, which has all the tracks in and all his key sounds. And then we had a couple of hours Skyping, just him guiding me through it, telling me his kind of ethos and how he's set up stuff. And he, I then kind of used his template to build my stuff in, so kind of threw my key sounds in and tweaked a few things to better suit my workflow. Yeah. But his is quite interesting because he runs the click and he runs the tracks, but he buses everything, tracks and keys, to eight channels that he keeps on the kind of far left of his session. Yeah. And then he will fade out a track on one of his physical faders and then play that bit live if he fancies it one night. But another night he might just leave it on the track. So he can just press play and do nothing during songs if he wants to, or he can pick up specific parts that he wants to play. And then the other stuff he sets up is just for the transitions. So you can kind of do quite a lot of creative stuff and sound manipulation on the fly, which I really like the idea of. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. (laughs) I'm all about that. One idea I nicked from him was to put on each of my eight channels, um, a filter and a reverb and then map, the cutoff of the filter and the send to the reverb to physical knobs on my faders that I used to control Ableton. Yeah. So that the sound you can kind of bring right down, bring right up on the fly, especially pads and stuff. You can get massively different sounds out of one bass pad just by using filters and verbs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's really cool. That's been something that I've been wanting to do for a while. And I've just started, I got back before Christmas, um, Arturia, not sure if that's how you pronounce that company, but uh, they were given a a free uh, analog filter. And so I downloaded that and I've been now using that a fair bit on different channels on pads and stuff. You know, some pads that are kind of like they're automatically a bit aggressive and harsh. You just throw that on, dial it back a bit. And all of a sudden you've got something sort of nice, kind of like warm and light. Totally. What's good about that as well is you then have the flexibility to open it out on the fly if you need. If you need something a bit more buzzy or to cut a bit more, you can kind of open up the cutoff. So then you're a bit more flexible as well. You know, you don't just have that one nice mellow pad and then a totally separate pad sound. You've got one that can be kind of do both functions. Yeah. Are you using just like sort of uh, built-in, like the Ableton kind of stock filters or are you using third-party ones for this? Yeah, I know. I just use the, the stock Ableton auto filter. Yeah. Um, and then I MIDI map um, the cutoff frequency. There are some really nice filters out there. Like sometimes when I... Um, produce I'll use uh, is it the Sound Toys one um, and there's a really nice Mooga Mooga Fuga one as well oh uh, yeah sorry I didn't say it at the beginning but you're also a producer uh, <laughs> as well as everything else that you do sorry and now a word from our final sponsor Hey everybody, I'm Jason Rosewell. And I'm Mark Denton, but most people know me as Skyhawk Heavy. And if you're into aviation, you might like our podcast, Flightcast. Flightcast is a show inspired by the mobile flight simulator, Infinite Flight, which you can find in the App Store and Google Play. Well, also, our podcast has me, Jason, so you're welcome. Yeah. 
Thanks, Mark. But really, man, not only are we huge fans of Infinite Flight, but I'm also a real-world pilot. And on FlightCast, we dive into the world of aviation by interviewing real-world private as well as airline pilots, air traffic controllers, and even aviation photographers. And if this sounds wickedly nerdy and awesome to you, why don't you head over to flightcast.audio or search for FlightCast in iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Exactly. And also, I'll be on the show. Yeah. And if you instantly love FlightCast and want more great content, check out FlightCast Cafe, where subscribers can get even more awesome content like behind-the-scenes audio, exclusive video content, and much, much more. To try it free for a month, visit flightcast.audio slash abletoncast. The other night when I saw you on on Monday, I was that was what I was doing then. We had uh, just tracks in Ableton, and just on the master, we had the auto filter, and I had selected the... Uh, I forget what it's called, but there's this one option where there's one that's got a bit of a drive on it within the auto filter. It's like within the, the different filter section. I think there's like kind of five. It's maybe called like OS, OSR or something like that. And I select that one and it's you can add a bit of drive to whatever you're doing. And then I just kind of dial back and play around with that. Um, and it's a lot of fun. That sounded really good on Monday. Um. Well, you know, it's just um, playing with those guys. It's um, <laughs> it's not hard when you're playing with guys who know what they're doing, right? Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, listen, I want to be mindful of, of the time. I know that you've got to go. Um, and basically, I just wanted to ask you, and you can say no and I'll edit this out, but I, I wondered if I could mention the, the name of your son because I think it's really cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, so Henry's son is named Jet, J-E-T, right? That's right. And I just think, man, you can't get any more rock and roll than the name Jet. And that's just so cool and look forward to in years to come to see what, what he's going to do. I think that's he's wicked. Gonna be, he's got to be a session musician with a name like that. <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to do one last thing, which is uh, this quick fire round. And basically, I'm just going to ask you uh, a bunch of questions. And the goal is for you to kind of just try and answer sort of in five words or less. Oh, wow. What a challenge. (laughs) Okay. Challenge accepted. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Okay. Favorite stock Ableton plugin? Autofilter. Okay. Favorite third-party plugin? Uh, Omnisphere. If you had to choose one or the other, session view or arrangement, which would it be? Oh, session view all day long. I don't think I've ever touched arrangement view. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, question number four, analog or digital? Bit tough. Analog. analog. Always. Okay. Best plugin for drums? Ooh. Um, Steven Slate? Yep. Uh, favorite mic for vocals? Um, I love my SM7B. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silent or Serum? I've actually never used either, but I've heard amazing things about Serum. Okay, we'll go with Serum for that one. Favorite plugin for synth bass? Um, Arturia Mini Moog. Okay. Uh, dubstep or House? Dubstep. Real drums or samples? Ooh. Ah, oh, that's a tough one. Real drums. Real drums. Okay, perfect. You know what, my, my friend who did it uh, last time, uh, the last episode, he said samples of real drums, and that one really caught me off guard. 
<laughs> that's that's okay, fair play. Fair saying play. real drugs with samples underneath. <laughs> Well, Henry, I just want to give you a chance to, to plug anything that you've got going on. Yeah, basically just say if there's if there's anything that, that you want the listeners to look up, uh, any anything that they should be aware of, and just any ways that they can sort of follow you on social media, anything oh, like that. That'd be great. Um, you can follow me on, I think, all social medias, at Hennersm, H-E-N-N-E-R-S-M. Um, uh, you should check out my record label, bespoke records um we're trying to build something that really champions artists and writers really protects them empowers them um but then also really looks out for killer art and really champions and protects just really good songs really good production really good tracks um so our website is bespokerecords.com to have a listen check out our artists there we think they're pretty awesome and we hope you will too we just love music and really want to um, reach and build a community of other people that also love music. Right, and you also have a showcase coming up here, with, here yes. Brighton, Brighton UK, out, where Henry and I will live. This, will this be out before then? This will be. That's a good question. That's, that's what it's on Monday, twenty seventh. It's on Monday the twenty seventh. Okay, probably not. So okay. no one. <laughs> if I if I don't edit this part out, then you missed an amazing showcase. <laughs> with a secret headliner who just blew everyone's mind. <laughs> Can't believe it was Beyonce. Yeah, I cannot believe it. And yeah, with the uh, sort of a special guest, Kanye was there. Oh yeah, all yeah. we had all the all, all the stars. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. How did you convince Elton John to be lowered from the ceiling? Just <laughs> incredible. It was, it was it was it was his suggestion. I tried to, cut, to calm it down, but he wanted to go big. Yeah. Okay. Well, incredible. Absolutely sure. incredible. Is there anything else that people should should know about you? Are you on the road with Jake Isaac or anything like that soon? Uh, yes. Um, Jake's about to drop his debut album, singles out now called Long Road. Um, it's racking up streams on Spotify, so check that out. Um, we're doing all of Europe across May. That's right. Um, and this is the guy that you play bass for correct yeah that's right yeah this is the guy i play bass for an md and who i started doing ableton with so i built his whole ableton session yeah and we run all the keys and stuff through it now as well all the drum pads everything there's like a kind of brain of ableton that runs yeah. the whole show oh wicked um, so europe in may all the summer festivals including glastonbury isle of wight and then uk tour in september oh great and are you doing anything else uh, with, with with any other groups coming up at all um, I think that's keeping me busy enough, actually. <laughs> so no, not much else on. Okay, cool. Well, you are a busy guy. <laughs> you are a busy guy. You got enough going on, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, Henry, thank you so much for your time. I so appreciate uh, your time, your advice, your wisdom, and uh, just you being a really nice guy. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This is a great, great idea for a podcast yeah well hopefully the the whole idea is just to um you know give people one more chance to kind of get to sort of hear some stories from ableton users and yeah i oh there's one more question that i forgot to ask it's uh, it's a question that's very important to me i wanted to see what is on your master channel what what's on the master chain um nothing ah great i'm a, sim I'm a man of simple tastes <laughs> i was actually thinking 
I should probably put like a limiter on there. Yeah. So there's no bus compression. There's no limiting. There's no EQ. You just no, no. Just go for it. I I do a lot of um. I've heard of people shit. like you, so this is this is quite <laughs> interesting for me to get to finally meet someone like you. <laughs> it always takes having um, a really good in-ear mix, but yeah. because I have a physical um, bunch of faders with me always, um, I will just ride my levels, and I don't want anything to really affect those. Yeah, and then I I really enjoy um, if I getting a full weighted keyboard, especially for piano stuff, yeah. and making sure that my kind of finger touch can really come through. Yeah. Because a lot of the pads and stuff like that as well and the plugins are really responsive to how you play. Like if you kind of press in quite uh, aggressively or if you go quite gently and softly. So I try to just leave the master and leave it all to the fingers. I think it's probably from being a bass player. Yeah, yeah, sure. I actually, I had a, uh, I had a professional guy tell me a little while ago. He suggested, because I was asking him, I was like, you know, asking about what, what should I have my sort of like master fader at, you know, if I'm going to be sending it off to somebody in the studio to mix or, or master. And he said, oh, yeah. really, you kind of want it at sort of like about minus, minus 20 to minus, minus 15. And he said a lot of the plugins, they're sort of optimized. That's the sweet spot for them. That's sort of minus 20, minus 15. And he said, often if you're getting close to zero, you're going to be sort of like blown through that sort of sweet spot for the plugin. So that was kind of an eye opener and an ear opener for me to think, oh, actually, I should have my sort of master fader a bit lower. I shouldn't be running as close to zero as possible. Will you then run your interface like physical knob volume a bit higher? Yeah. Or just let the desk up a bit? Yeah, but as far as as far as my you know sort of like my mix that's coming out of Ableton, then I'm trying to run it a bit lower, so that I'm not right at zero. You know, obviously, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people are just kind of crushing it, trying to get it to sort of you know as close to zero as possible. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. That's a great idea. So yeah, that was something that I did not know and wouldn't have known on my own. But you know, that's the beauty of talking to other people who have a lot of knowledge. And yeah, this is a guy who's who's worked on some bigger records and stuff. So I thought, oh, well, that's really handy advice. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Okay, Henry, thank you again for being willing to be part of this show. I so appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing you around. Yeah, brilliant. I look forward to hearing it back. I'd love to come back as well, chat more. Yeah, didn't, yeah. You didn't even touch the. Ch- Chain selector, my favourite thing of Ableton. Okay, well, uh, if it's all right with you, let's look at doing a part two, chain yeah, selector yeah, and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And more about just how you got Elton John sort of like lowered from that seer ceiling, and yeah, I think Lady Gaga was there as well. She had a sword, and it's just oh yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. She, she killed a man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whew. Well, this is just <laughs> wild stuff. Up. Okay, on that bombshell, we are going to end on that bombshell. All right, thanks so much, Henry. No worries, thank you. Have a great night. You too. All right, cheers. Bye. Bye. Don't worry, I haven't forgot about my free plugin that I promise you guys each week. Today's free plugin is Tau Reverb 2. It's a lush reverb effect with a fast build-up time, ideal for ambient reverb sounds. No, I did not just read that off of a web page. Just the words that came to my mind. For more info, go to abletoncast, that's C-A-S-T. No S on the end, just C-A-S-T dot com. Yeah, holy cow, how did I get abletoncast dot com?
Why, why did somebody not have that? Okay, enough complaining. And now, for anyone following the Richard Simmons story, I know a lot of people are saying the housekeeper, Teresa, could be controlling. But again, my theory is the only thing Teresa is controlling is Ableton Live with the Push 2 controller. And back by popular demand, by myself of course, is Nat Adams Pearls of Wisdom for those of you who are too lazy to have hit stop, fast forward, or whatever. Here we go. Look out, the brake pads have been removed. The engine has been stuffed full of C4 explosives. Oh, look out, that's all I gotta say. Look out. Thanks again, we'll see you next time. As we uh, enter on this Ableton adventure, traveling through the grime space continuum, we will meet more than just beautiful musical notes. We will encounter magical arrangements as long as you're willing to embark and hop in the spaceship and let your mom know that I'm lonely and that I wish I had somebody to help me make beats on Ableton with. So, um, please, next time you're on Ableton, make me some dope beats. Because you know what, guys? At this point in time, Ableton is what I'm yelling about, which means it demands all of our attention. Support Nat Saturn, but support Ableton first and eat one apple a day because you don't want that doctor constantly bothering you. <laughs> <laughs>